Hi, this is the Organisational Success Academy from the Oxford Review, bringing you the very latest research in leadership, management, organisational development, design, transformation and change, human resources and human capital, organisational learning, coaching and work psychology from around the world to make you the most up-to-date and knowledgeable person in the room. Okay, today uh, I'm interviewing uh, researcher and consultant Karen Hendricks, who's done a very interesting piece of research around principal leadership. Um, uh, Primarily the research that she's done is around the development of a principled leadership scale. So welcome, Karen. Um, Thank you. Would you just like to take a couple of minutes just to kind of introduce yourself and give the listeners a little bit of background about yourself and how you came to do this piece of research around principal leadership? Yes, sure, I can. So um, so I think briefly, just from a sort of academic and career perspective, I actually started my career as an English teacher a long time ago. (laughs) So that was a really great and lovely start to my career, but um, very soon moved into the corporate world for an opportunity that I I got there. Um, And so the the role that I moved into was in um, consulting uh, in HR, and that's kind of um, gave me an interest in the whole thing of what motivates people and human behavior. So I then decided to do a second degree part-time, um, specifically in industrial psychology. Um, yeah, and then about five, so I, I stayed in the corporate world for a number of years and I had various roles there, um, you know, consulting business management roles. And then about five years ago, I took a big leap of faith and I decided to leave the corporate world for a sabbatical. And so I went and joined a whole group of people half my age and went back to university. So that was also interesting and um, yeah, but fun to do. And then I basically just did my um, postgraduate studies, honors and, and masters um, there uh, where I did the study. So I'll um, tell you a little bit about that. Um, and now I have um, my own HR um, consulting practice and I also work together with other consultants in the sort of organizational development field. So that's me in terms of my career. And then um, just on the theme of leadership, so where that started and where the interest started. So um, I suppose what's interesting is that I obviously live in South Africa, which is an interesting place to live and always uh, politically interesting. But I also grew up on a farm in South Africa. And um, I think one of the things that sort of was interesting for me from a young age, um, so in the 70s when I grew up, that was sort of the height of apartheid. And... um, so there was a lot of political unrest, but my father um, seemed to always have a good relationship with his workers. And even though he set very high standards, I saw him to be fair and to be kind. And and I think that made a difference. Um, and so that intrigued me. And and I think as I as I grew up, I also had um, various leadership um, roles in school and at university, and then also when I joined the corporate world. And so being exposed to lots of different clients, I had lots of opportunity to see how people did leadership well and how people did leadership badly and how I did leadership well and how I did it badly. (laughs) And um, yeah, and basically just kept asking the question, you know, what does good leadership affect and what is bad leadership? What's the, you know, what's the outcome of it and how can we do it better? So, so yes, I think for most of my adult life, I've been reading a lot about leadership and um, exploring for myself also how I can personally become a better leader. Um, and then I think also, you know, living in South Africa, um, I think we wake up every day 
wishing that there would be some um, wise, honorable, ethical Moses who would lead us out of this Egypt into the promised land. So that's definitely, you know, leadership and poor leadership has been the history of South Africa for many decades. And we see the, the, the result of that every single day. So, so yes, I think for me, that is a very, it's an issue very close to heart. Yes, that makes sense. And certainly the, con the, the context of South Africa uh, around principal leadership because um, anyway, yes, I think I think you've covered that. So, wh what was it that actually kind of moved you in that direction in in kind of for research for the the, the masters initially? Mm. Okay, so so I don't know how it works at your universities, but at our university, when you join a master's program, you you sort of get there are obviously certain lecturers, and you get given a range of topics that you can choose to do your mm. your research on. So because I had a natural interest for leadership, I I went for the leadership topic. Um, and so Amos Engelbrecht, who was the professor who was my study supervisor, he had done a lot of prior research on specifically ethical leadership. He, he's done written several, several mm. papers on servant leadership. So he has quite a strong interest um, in, in ethical leadership, also integrity. He's developed a scale around integrity. So he wanted to um, actually develop sort of a comprehensive leadership scale that put everything together. And that was actually the original theme that we were going to focus on. But then when I started reading up about, uh, I sort of started asking the question, okay, so if we're going to look at leadership dimensions, where will we start? And started reading about servant leadership, ethical leadership, authentic um, leadership, and then found that there was quite a lot of overlap in, in specifically um, authentic servant, ethical, and transformational leadership. And then I said to him, but you know what, I think there's something else that we need to maybe do here first is we need to maybe first consolidate these four leadership theories, which seem to kind of have this different slant, but essentially sort of measure the same thing, um, being moral leadership, I think. Um, and maybe what we should do is to put that all together and create a new scale or new uh, yeah. And then get up from there after that. Um, so that that was sort of the, the idea that I had. And then um, I then because we live in South Africa and we have so many different cultures and so many different moral philosophies and so many different religions, I sort of asked myself the question: So if we were to develop a scale, by whose standard is it principled, or by whose standard is it? You know, whose mor morality are we actually looking at here? And that's got me asking a lot of questions around, um, you know, do we need a universal moral standard? Are there, are there things like a universal moral standard? Um, yeah, so that basically added that slant of it. So, yes, does, that's basically Brilliant. how we yes. So, um, can you just talk, because you, you came up with or down to kind of four dimensions that the, um, that the principal leadership scales based on. So how, how did you reduce it down to the, the four are trustworthiness, self-mastery, empowerment, and accountability? So how did you get there? Okay, so so what I did is um, I looked at, um, in, sort of in the research that had been done on the four value, what we called value-based leadership, because it sort of links to the ethical values, um, is I took the the measurements that that are available and I basically just listed on a spreadsheet all the behaviors that they covered. Okay. Um, and then I said, okay, put the four leadership theories across the top, which one 
which which behavior is covered by which one and and by doing that i sort of was able to distill what the main behaviors were that were covered by most of them and where the overlap was um, so that was yeah that was actually quite a interesting exercise because there was actually quite a lot of overlap um, and it also okay so that's what we, that's what we did initially and then what we then did is we put away everybody else's um, dimensions and we said, okay, let's start from scratch and see if we take all of this list of behaviors and we group them just conceptually, what do we come up with? So initially we had six dimensions, um, which I also mentioned in the paper. And then because many heads are always better than two, we then sent out our questionnaire and our um, our dimensions to um, a, a number of experts in the field in South Africa, got them to crit it, and then based on the feedback that we got, we then distilled it further down to the four that we have now. Got you. Okay. So, um, d just from a, a, a bit of a, what's really new in this paper when you start to have a look at because there's kind of a, a universal moral standard set and various other bits and pieces. So, from your perspective, what is new here? Um, yeah, okay, so I think that is sort of the base of what is new. So um, so while the, you had the four individual leadership theories, um, I don't think before they've really been linked to a set of universal standards. So mm. so first of all, listing the standards from the research that we did, that other people had done, sort of distilling that and then saying, okay, so how do these four theories link to those standards? Um, that's definitely new. And then I would say... Um, you know, creating one scale out of four theories is the other thing that the research brings that is new. Okay, great. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, just just for listeners, the, 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 this work that's been done between 2000 and 2005 um, that ended up in the United Nations having a universal moral value set, uh, and that had seven items on it. Um, it's not quite as research heavy as, as Karen stuff um, uh, so that the seven are commitment to a larger ideal such as the concept of truth or justice for example trustworthiness which includes things like honesty integrity reliability and humility uh, respect for self uh, and others and the environment taking responsibility which includes accountability and a drive for excellence and self-discipline the fifth one is fairness and impartiality. Uh, the sixth one is caring and taking action to avoid unnecessary harm and incorporates ideals such as compassion, tolerance and forgiveness. And then the seventh um, value set within the, the United Nations value set is citizenship and the idea of being proactive uh, and a productive member of society, both locally and globally. Um, so... Can you just talk us through how this differs from things like the moral competency inventory uh, and other uh, similar instruments? So how, how the principled leadership scale is different? Yes, how, how, it, how it differs. Okay, so, so, so the moral competency inventory um, is based on a theory of um, moral intelligence. Um, and basically, that that scale is um, 
is really a, a self-rating scale, which would help individuals to understand how they, um, you know, where they can increase their, their moral intelligence. Mm -hmm. So the, the things that it measures are slightly different to what we're me measuring. So they measure integrity, responsibility, compassion, and forgiveness. Um, compassion and forgiveness are quite difficult to to measure in somebody else, so that's why I think yes. it's a self-rating scale. Mm -hmm. You have to you know, be quite honest with yourself about that. Um, so I think that the moral competency inventory is definitely more for a personal perspective and developing your own moral competence, whereas the um, principal leadership scale is actually about leader behavior. Um, so it's And it's also an other-centered uh, scale, so basically peers or su superiors or um, subordinates would be rating the their perception of the leader's moral behavior. Um, so I, I would say um, that the, the principal leadership scale is broader or has a broader focus, um, specifically if you take into account the sort of that cascading effect of leader behavior that, you know, the, the way that the leader behaves is emulated by people who report to the leader. So, um, so from that perspective, I think it's if, if you develop your principal leadership, it has a further reaching effect, I think, than the moral competency inventory, which is more a personal thing. Hmm. Actually, that, that's quite interesting what you say. So at, around this idea of developing principled leadership, um, so the question is, you know, how developable, if that's a real word, is principled leadership within individuals? Yeah. 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 yeah so, well, so that's a good question. So, um, yeah, that is a good question. and. I think it, I did some research. I think the guy's name was Alio, if I remember correctly, who sort of spoke quite a lot about um, the fact that companies spend a lot of money on leadership development training and that it doesn't really have much effect. Um, that, and that really what companies should do is sort of have this principle that surgeons have where they sort of do one, do one, what, teach one, do one, uh, teach one, something like that anyway. Yes. Um, but basically, he was saying, you know, it, it's a long path and you can't just fix it with one training course. So so I would agree with that. Um, I've been involved in the last uh, year a little bit with coaching as well. And I've definitely seen that that is a better route to go. But I think one would have to first start by just making the person aware of, of where they fall short. Um, and then through that awareness, trying to help them to see the better side, I guess, and how, and how more moral behavior can have a more positive impact on their subordinates and on their own lives as well. Um, but yes, I guess um, I would challenge somebody else to research that. Is it possible <laughs> to make an immoral person possible? Uh, immoral? Yes, I would certainly hope so. Mm. Um, but I think it is a longer path. Um, yeah. Yes, I would think so. And, and, and certainly the four dimensions that you've been using, I think, are helpful towards that. And just having those as a as a basis within an organization as a as a set of uh, standards um, that um, leaders particularly but anybody within an organization are being measured against and are measuring themselves against would help uh, kind of nudge behavior into something that's that's more principled um, uh, and you know going around things like trustworthiness, you know, how trustworthy are the people around me, how trustworthy am I being, things like that. Because the, the kinds of um, factors that are included in trustworthiness, we'll, we'll go through each of these just very quickly, are things like commitment to a greater ideal oneself, having a sense of calling, humility, integrity, honesty. Those kinds of things very rarely kind of see the light of day in lots of organisations because they focus on skills, and competencies 
and mm. and I and, and I think the use of these four dimensions will be very very useful. Mm. Yeah, I I, th I think um, you, you know again um, bringing it back to South Africa, I think th those specific values are. are so critical in our society um, and I, so I think they would actually find a lot of um, you know people can relate to that easily because because we so often see the opposite of it um, yeah so yes yes I, I, I think so um, okay that's great um, so where next for the research and for you <laughs> yes so um Okay, so what we, what um, Almost and I are busy doing at the moment is we've actually just uh, finished drafting a second paper. So the research that I did was broader than just the development of the scale. Mm. So what we also did is we, we built it into a structural model where we said that, or we postulated that uh, moral intelligence is an antecedent to principled leadership and that the outcomes of principled leadership are trust in the leader and um, organizational citizenship behavior. Mm. So that was an interesting study. So we, yeah, we hopefully we will get that paper published um, later on this year. So that basically um, was one of the direct outcomes of the research. But then um, also I had an opportunity to dabble a bit in um, positive psychology last year, um, which was interesting and a new field for me. And I quite mm -hmm. liked how I saw it linking to this particular research because it has quite a strong base in a purpose, meaning, values, um, that kind of thing, and um, and I think also specifically in self mastery. Um, I think a lot of uh, positive psychology is about learning how to, yeah, you know, focus on how you perceive life and and how to change that. So um, so that's been interesting, and then I think. Um, Sort of maybe moving a bit away from the research but i as much as i enjoy and love research i'm very pragmatic at heart so i don't ever want to do something just for the sake of the theory and mm -hmm. and i really would hate for for the work that i've done to just go and gather dust on a university's shelf so um, i've sort of made a point in my consulting work to take what i've learned and to try and find practical ways of implementing it so um, at a couple of clients i've developed a sort of a program which I've called Self Mastery on various different topics where we go through um, aspects of, uh, that, that are included in this like trustworthiness and um, accountability and that kind of thing and to try and hopefully improve the behavior of employees or to try and uh, build the culture of the organization. Um, so yeah, so on that level and then also with the leadership coaching that I do, um, I do specifically quite a lot with young leaders um, to help yeah. them really, I guess, um, not make many of the mistakes I made when I was a young leader, which <laughs> also linked to not being, you know, trustworthy or having self-mastery or any of those mm. things. So, yeah, to build that from an early age, because I think it's something that if you can get that right early on, then, you know, you, you have a far way to go. So, yeah. Yes, it certainly helps if you've if the foundations are there as a leader and the, the leaders are actually thinking about that and not just trying to achieve the next thing either for the organisation or for themselves, and that, that there's a kind of a, an ethical and moral underpinning to to their actions. And I yeah. think that's where a lot of leaders, particularly in politics, go wrong, is that the, the, that concern for others, not just about the well-being of others, but also the well-being of the planet, you know, that bigger piece as well, um, underpinning the way that they're thinking. And uh, I think right now, around the world, we're seeing that writ large, uh, that, yeah. that lack of principled leadership. 
Yeah, really interesting. It, it, was, it was a fascinating paper, actually. I really enjoyed it. Um, and it's also unusual for a master's student to end up with a peer-reviewed published paper um, at, at the level that this was at. Um, I'm interested because there's quite a lot of our listeners who are either thinking of doing a master's or going through that kind of process. Um, so what advice would you give other people thinking of doing a research-based degree? I would say primarily you need to be really passionate about the topic um, <laughs> because if you, because it's gonna it, it's just gonna absorb your entire life. So mm. if you are not passionate about it, I think you're just gonna really struggle and it's gonna take you forever to complete it. Um, so that I think is probably the most important thing. Um, I also think it's really important to understand the purpose of why you're doing it. <clears throat> so not just to do a degree for the sake of getting a degree, but mm. what is the purpose of the research? <clears throat> and um, I think, you know, maybe advice I can give is that I, I often felt myself sort of feeling quite anxious that maybe someone else was going to beat me to it and they were going to have the same topic and this wouldn't be great. And <clears throat> excuse me. So, so I think just to have that self-confidence that there's a lot of research that's already been done, but mm. the environment one is in, one's personal context, all of that adds a different um, a, a different slant to the research that one does and also one's personal interests. So, um, so yeah, I think um, one just to have that self-confidence that whatever one is doing, it will add value to whatever is already out there. Um, yeah, and I think just to be prepared to make the sacrifice and say, you know, it's a time in your life where you're just gonna be committed, you're gonna sit on that chair and you're gonna finish this um, and it's really gonna be worth it. And yeah. I suppose, being married to a very understanding spouse is probably also. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah I know that one. <laughs> yes. And how important do you think it was that actually that what you were researching and what you were doing was so closely tied in with your work um, as a consultant and as a coach? Um, I think it made a very big difference. Uh, yeah, definitely. Because I think, you know, as I was researching it, I could see ways to practically implement it. Mm. it. It influenced a lot of my thinking while I was working. So, yes, I think that was definitely an advantage to have done this sort of maybe when I was older and I was already in practice for a long time. Yeah, great. Well, thank you very much, Karen. Uh, it's been really enjoyable talking to you. Um, uh, where can people contact you? And is um, the, the you know how can people follow you on social media and things? So I'm on LinkedIn. I think that will probably be the best to find me. Yeah. yeah. Just okay. And, and do you have uh, Twitter or anything else? Do you use Twitter? No, at this stage, I'm just on LinkedIn. So. LinkedIn. Okay, so uh, I'll I'll add a link, and if you you've got a website, haven't you? So yes, I'll yeah. put a link to the website in the in the show notes as well for you. Okay, great. That's brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, so you much. very much, Karen. Okay. Yeah. You take care. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Oxford Review podcast. For free research briefings, audio and video research briefings research infographics and a whole lot more, visit oxford-review.com. That's oxford-review.com. And please subscribe, rate and review this podcast. It would mean a lot to us to have your feedback so that we can make this podcast even better for you. <laughs>